Do you have any spare time? No. They don't get on TikTok. Yeah. You know, all, all my spare time goes to the Instagram. Like. Most times I'm washing my balls in the shower and watching TikTok at the same time. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of BS with Bourbon. I'm Bob, and as always, I've got James. Hey, James. Hey, Bob. What's going on? We're recording now? Yes, we are it's recording now. Hello. My name's Aaron. <laughs> We've got Aaron with Smoke Wagon with us. We were, I'm from Smoke Wagon. We had a great time talking about his vodka. Is this and, how vodka people talk? <laughs> <laughs> Is this, I mean, are vodka people just like, hi? I, I don't know how they talk. I don't really, yeah. Um, they're, they're usually pretty, I mean, when I drank vodka, I was crazy. I was a maniac. I started drinking what? bourbon. Yeah, I. Well, you still drink vodka? Not like I used to. I started drinking bourbon to slow down. Huh. When I when I first got in the bar business, I was like, there was no going home. I was like vodka all night. So not not to expunge on this, but like, was there a particular brand that when you decided to make your own vodka, you were like, you know what? Oh yeah. This whatever one was really good. A Russian Diamond, the official vodka of the Kremlin. And it was like so smooth and creamy. Like, right, so it's like the opposite. Like, now if you say, you talk about bourbon and say smooth, everyone's like, oh, I don't want that. Oh, smooth. <laughs> but like vodka, you know, so it was so easy drinking. And uh, we saw that it was silver filtered. So I went online and researched Russian silver filtration. Like, all the websites were in Russia, uh, Russian, but there was like one phone number that said for English. And I called it, and there was this woman in India. And I ordered this Russian silver filtration system from India. And uh, I know we're going to talk about bourbon, so I'll, I'll, I'll do the shortened version of this story. But anyhow, all I needed was the filters. You just, they're just 30-inch sanitary filters that fit in any system. No, I, it, I ordered. no <laughs> was, you're telling us about the different filtration, the coconut husk. Coconut, activated coconut husk. Coated with silver. Silver, yep. Never heard of that before. Yeah, it's very, like I said, um, it, you know, silver filtration is popular in, in Europe for, it's kind of, you know, purifying water. And I guess when you do it for vodka... You don't get any carbon ash residue in the juice, mm-hmm. and it keeps it nice and clean. So you started with the silver dollar vodka. Yes, but you, had, you did a great explanation of before James hit record. Oh. By the way. <laughs> yeah, so silver dollar vodka. <laughs> we we actually got permission from United States Treasury to trademark the the replica of the Morgan silver dollar, and that was minted in. I mean, it was minted all over, but it was minted in Carson City, Nevada, because of all the silver coming out of the Comstock load, and since it was silver filtered, it made you know it made sense and. Then when it came time to do the bourbon, since the vodka, you know, was celebrating the Western heritage of Las Vegas and Nevada, I went through this sort of like a dictionary of Old West slang and all the, all like the bourbon, (laughs) bourbon references and even alcohol in general, very derogatory. And when we came, you know, to Smoke Wagon, of course, you know, my business partner's in the film business and he instantly like recited the line from Tombstone, but I was just like, man, that would make a great logo. And uh, I just, and it all made sense because the Morgan was a currency of the Old West and the, you know, the Colt single action armory revolver, which Smoke Wagon is Old West slang for, is the gun that won the West. So everybody had a, a Colt on their hip and Morgan's in their pocket. So, well, I've got a, I always like to help people. Oh, okay. um, I would like some help. Yeah, I, I, I've got a, a catchphrase. You can say skin it. I, okay. Where did you just come up that with yeah. yourself? Yeah. 
Yeah, wow, that's skin good. That man, smoke it's like wagon. Your mind is skin it. It's just moving all the time. What what happens? If, or or you know or stand there and bleed might be you could. Yeah. Well, yeah. Wait, that's too that long, just came though. to me. That's too long though. Out of nowhere. Like skin it. Like, skin it. Yes, skin it, Bob. <laughs> Out of nowhere. Skin it, Bob. <laughs> I'm sorry, I forgot you were there. <laughs> oh, you forgot me? <laughs> yes. You guys really should add video to these, I think. <laughs> well, I mean, we haven't found, so we talked about earlier about... You know what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could hear Bob jiggling on the thing. We haven't found a camera that, that's earthquake-proof yet. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you just put some springs on there, you can let it sway a little bit, you know? I'd hate to see the springs on that damn thing. <laughs> gyroscope, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, gyroscope. So, um, so talk to me about how you decided to make that transition from vodka to bourbon, or was that always a part of the game plan? It was not always part of the game plan. It came later, you know, probably around 2011. I was drinking bourbon. I wasn't really drinking a lot of vodka at the time. People were saying, hey, you guys should do bourbon. And I was like really uh, intimidated by the process, you know, because I delved into vodka and I read, like nobody distills vodka from scratch. Everybody starts with neutral grain spirit. I kind of had an idea of how it was going to be. And, and then everyone was like, oh, don't worry about it. You just go and buy stuff to get started with, you know, because there was no transparency back then. Like I was even talking to somebody about how our description on our private barrel bottles, you know, we did that in 2016. People weren't really doing barrel picks. Mm -hmm. They were barrel programs. And you were getting like 58 cases. You can't get 58 cases from a barrel. It's impossible. And so I had to explain like, hey, well, these are real. And you're only going to get like 20-something cases. And each one's going to taste different. And now when you look at it, it's like, well, yeah, duh. That's what, you know, barrel pick is. But back then. So I had no idea what the process was for anything. And, and they were like, yeah, just go and buy stuff. So at that point, though, 2012, everyone had closed their doors on craft brands because 275 opened in that year alone. And so suddenly, collectively, they were competition. And that was seven months after MGP bought the Seagram's plant. And so we called them and talked to them. And <laughs> I guess they were kind of had been dealing with a lot of guys who would like want to buy one or two barrels. And they're like, look, if you guys are serious, come out here. So we flew out there and we spent three days there touring the facility and everything. And we bought all, I really uh, like the um, third high rye bourbon. And they said, we've got a 36% rye bourbon. And uh, we bought all that they would sell to us. And, um, and so we bought these giant tanks to put it all in. And the tanks never got approved by the city. And so we still hadn't opened yet. And so 2015, we started contract distilling with them. And we've been doing that ever since. And so there are some stuff that we've bought, bought aged, but most of the stuff I, I you know, contracted them to distill for me. It's all racked in the old Seagram's warehouses. And then the state of Nevada, when I first started, there was no distiller's license. You would open as a rectifier and get a letter from the governor giving you permission to distill. And when they created the craft distiller's license, they took that away. You could no longer distill as a rectifier. But I couldn't, at this point, I had over 2,000 barrels at, in Indiana, and I wouldn't be able to import any of those as a craft distiller. And so we had to, like, rip out all our fermenters and everything. And, um, yeah, it was pretty crazy. And then, so because of those tanks, we never dumped those barrels, which, you know, ended up being the 9-year, 10-year, 11-year, 12-year barrel picks, mm -hmm. all that stuff. And that's why how I learned to, to blend vintages, because... I was in this position where it was like, okay, here we are. We can't distill. 
the the writings on the wall we're going to be contract distilling from mgp for the foreseeable future and because those tanks never were approved and we never dumped that stuff all of a sudden we had eight year and four year and so i was the experts were like hey you should blend them together and, and you know make it taste like a five year and then when you have five year you put five year you know release eight year i'm sorry the small batches in eight year step it down to a five year and then there you are you know, and uh, and when I started blending the vintages together, I got it to a point where I, I actually, the way they, <laughs> they told me to do it, I did not like at all. And then when I finally got it to a place where I really liked it, I was like, you know, I like this better than anything else I've had. And and that's really all I could do was like make something taste the way I wanted it to taste. And there was a lot of pushback from the experts I was dealing with. They're like, no, you've got eight year. You're in the catbird seat. You want to put that eight year in a bottle that says eight year. Make the small batch. It doesn't have an age statement. Taste, you know, the youngest stuff that's palatable. Put it, that in there. I was like, well, then I'm really, I really am just taking something and putting it in a different bottle. This way I'm creating a unique flavor. And uh, it just, the blending of vintages just evolved from there. Like the more I had to, to work with, because in the beginning, you know, it's sort of the irony where people are like, oh, the older uncuts are the best. I'm like, that was just eight and four year. Now it's like six, seven, nine year. You know, sometimes it's four, five, six, seven, nine. There's all these different floors and warehouses and it's so much more complex. And, um, but yeah, that is, that is the shortened history. Mm, we can delve deeper into any aspect of that you'd like well yeah so you talked about how how much you think the product changes in the transportation from kentucky to uh, nevada from indiana nevada yeah absolutely sorry. yeah kentucky yeah. indiana they're, they're like right there yeah i mean aging it aging it <laughs> they're right across the ohio river they're right there they are right there if you were very strong you could throw a rock across the ohio river <laughs> but so you, you talked about that so when you're doing these blends are you waiting till it gets to you and letting it sit for a little bit and then doing the blend are you the older stuff, absolutely. I'll usually order significantly more of the older vintages than I can go through in a, in a few months' time, and we let that sit. Especially in the summertime, when you're talking about 4 or 5% humidity, that stuff changes. The younger juice, I, I, it, it, too much evaporates, and I don't feel like it changes favorably. I do think, like we were talking about earlier, before we, before we started recording, I think something happens on the road. Because mm -hmm. if you even try the straight bourbon, which is four and five year, I mean, I do some blending, but it's, it's you know, even though it's only two vintages, it's off multiple floors and multiple warehouses, but it doesn't taste like, a, a, you know, what most people associate MGP tasting like. I don't know. I mean, yeah, some, especially the five years, some of those sit there for a while, but it's not a perfect experiment because everything's being blended. So I'm not really pulling a barrel trying it and then waiting you know for the young i mean i have done that with the old stuff and i know it changes but i haven't really done that with the young stuff because i'm just afraid i mean it, it, it would have to i mean yeah. it's a long way from indiana to yeah a lot they of made, elevation yeah while they changes. made beer i mean yeah. ipa beer the way they did so it would survive from going to england to india yeah i mean it's same thing bob that's science i'm just we're just talking though i mean <laughs> i i won't talk you know i won't talk about you bob that's science you, what are you doing to blend in you know, but yeah, you threw me all off. I don't know what the hell. I don't know what you're talking about either. Blending is interesting. Through the podcasters, we've gotten to know Dixon Deadman. Okay, Dixon Deadman's another blender. Was was a blender for Kentucky Al, and just getting to know his thought process behind blending and everything. And now we've had an opportunity to do a blend with Penelope. That is a whole 
just yeah. another ball game and how you think like you're talking about adding you thought adding one was going to change it one way and every time you kept adding more it kept getting worse yes and then you say by god this ain't working i'm gonna go the opposite and i don't care what the quote-unquote experts told me this is what i'm gonna do and yeah. you liked it and, yeah yeah i mean for for a small batch yeah that's how it started it was it was just like i like this and i feel like it's something unique to bring to the marketplace and otherwise what's the point you know and it's creative which is cool and so it's like a very rewarding process to like creatively create something. So that was a little redundant, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you creatively That's a good term. You put like something it. out there, and uh, that you've spent time and with uncut and filtered, sometimes a lot of effort and frustration. And you know, like I was talking about earlier, like the there was a period, man, where I had like all this insecurity when the brand blew up and like every uncut batch i was doing i was like this is gonna be under like crazy scrutiny like everything's got to be perfect and um and then when people like it you know it's it's really rewarding mm -hmm. it's it's really cool it's a great pro i mean i love it you know it's it's a lot of fun and even now that we're doing we're doing so much more every month but we're still doing it in 350 gallon batches mm -hmm. which is cool because it's still there's a lot of control there and it's easy to correct if things don't really work out the way i thought doing my initial you know blend on a smaller scale but so far it's always it's always gone pretty good but yeah i mean in the beginning all i thought i was doing was taking the spice from the young stuff because rye ages faster than corn and like the creamy i didn't even know what lipid esters were i just knew eight years creamy four years thin let's put them together we get like you get to get rid of the super thin heat from the four year and bring in that spice but what I've learned over time is tannins are harsh. So I'm not just, so now it's like, I'm not just focused on getting rid of the youth of the four year. I'm, I'm, there's times where I'm burying the oak on the older stuff and going like, you know, there'll be times like doing uncut where I'm working off nine different tanks. Cause every time we do a barrel dump, it goes in its own tank. Like if I'm dumping, if I have three five years from three different floors, whether they're different warehouses or not, each one goes in its own tank. And so every time I do a blend, I pull samples from those. Well, the warehouse manager pulls samples from those tanks. I just waltz in there. I got, I got like my, you own the place. Yeah, my, my stuff's up. My life has changed for the better dramatically. And I sit down and I figure out a blend using all those. Like so, each one, like you know, maybe there'll be like some fruit in one or butterscotch. Like adding adding things is easy. It's trying to dial in the finish is is the hard part and the frustrating part. And like what you're talking about, there was a time where I had this harshness that I thought, because I really was still learning the process. And I thought the harshness, it's like, oh, young stuff is harsh. So it's too young and thin. That's why it's finishing harsh. And so I kept putting more old juice in there. But the harshness, it was tannins. And I couldn't figure it out. And so I was like, oh, well, screw it. I'm just going to try to put some four-year, more four-year and cut back on like the eight-year at the time. And all of a sudden, it's like got fruitier and that harsh flavor on the finish went away. So like dial, getting rid of stuff on the finish is, that's the hard part. That's the part where like I got to take a break and go walk outside and like come back and kind of figure out what to do, you know. And I kind of compared it to when we blended the Penelope. And it was um, fantastically fondled by BS and bourbon. So we, we kept adding, we wanted it sweeter, so we kept adding wheat because wheat's supposed to be sweet. Right. And it was just the total opposite. It just kept getting harsher. And, and one of them actually tastes like barbecued Fritos. Oh, wow. So we, we said, hey, let's take that wheat down. So we took it down to almost nothing, 
and it was beautiful and that's what we ended up with so i mean it takes a a person that is true to their self to to do these blends yeah i mean to get them close yeah to to what they used to because they're never going to be exact no it's never going to taste the same well yeah so uncut i have no desire to make it taste the same i'm just like doing whatever i want that was the next thing i was going to roll into the the beauty of what you're doing we ruined it for you well, no, no, we it's good transition. because you, you roll Sorry. right on into it. it he's he's used of, to ruining wet dreams. He's fine. Hey, the beauty of what you're doing with putting the batch numbers and when the batch was done, it doesn't have to taste the same from one batch to the next. No. You know, you're not trying to be like the big boys where every batch they try to get as consistent as possible. Well, I, You want a little inconsistency. You want, well, that one was a little spicier. This one was a little smokier. Yeah. This one I, was a little hotter. I mean, that's sort of the fundamental difference between, like, small batch and uncut. Small batch, there's a philosophy. I want it to be fruit forward. I want it to, have, you know, bury the oak, nice spicy finish. At 100 proof, I could blend that so there's no heat. Mm-hmm. And I blend it so it's a little thin and hot on the finish. So if you make a cocktail, you're going to taste it. If you're going to have it on ice, it's not going to get watery it's going to hold up and it'll open up and become beautiful and um so i don't put batch numbers on those because i am tr- i'll never get it consistent because i'm still you know doing everything in 350 gallon tanks it's not like we're blending you know 10,000 gallons at a time but i i kind of want the consistent like that philosophy to be there as far as how it's going to taste but uncut it's like it's just it might be a hot day and i'm like i really want something bright and fruity or you know fall's coming and i'm ready and so i'll put make you know maybe bump up the oak and mm-hmm. you know make it really like more white and, and black pepper less cinnamon sweetness you know because i have seen on facebook you know people targeting specific batch releases for those certain characteristics they yeah. want so it's great that it's there you know it's opportunity um you put out a lot of batches <laughs> there are a lot of batches i mean the thing is the crazy thing is there's so many batches but you know i really only changed the 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 ratios after a barrel dump so you know everything's in its tank and i'll come up with a blend and we can do four or five batches using that same exact blend like everything's the same but sometimes they all taste the same and sometimes they taste different and because there's no water like water is a great equalizer if those were all small batch blends and I, and I was proofing them down to 100, each one would taste exactly the same. There'd be no difference. But with uncut, there's just this mercurial nature where there's these variations where they shouldn't exist, you know? And uh, well, It's almost like when if you get different viscosities, so maybe in that tank, a little bit more of that one barrel was sitting a little bit lower, or yeah, the I've, top part got a little more oxidized, you know, because it's open air. Yeah, but we try to blend them all together and let everything sit, you know, for but yeah, you never know. And then also, you know, because there's so much demand and we're so small like everything's bottled it gets bottled like it's shipped out that afternoon you know or like the next day so that's where it changes it'll change in the bottle because you know you're getting it like yeah we let it sit overnight but it's still all marrying together when it when it ships out and i actually went through that uh with like batch 23 when i first bottled batch 23 it was just this most intense insane experience of drinking bourbon i ever had and when i came back to it like a six or eight weeks later i was like this is this is mellowed out this i mean for the good mm-hmm. i'm you know because before it was like that was why i held batch 23 aside to make sure i had a batch number because like this tastes so different this is so much more oak so much more like black pepper than anything i've ever done but when i came back to it 
it had changed and i was like oh well maybe it's because the bottle's open or whatever you know and everybody talks about the neck pour or that and so i had an unopened one and it changed exactly the same way so it's just sitting in the bottle it has it has nothing to do with like being open or anything yeah the mingle time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i like so, that mingle time so the next thing so y'all talk about the bottles let's talk about your bottle design because it's probably one of the more unique bottles to come out here recently thank you because know, a lot of people with coming out with new stuff are using stock bottles right. this, that and the other whereas you went full bore custom glass amber yeah. glass that you can't get until the end of this year again. well no we have it we, uh, amber glass is starting up this month okay yeah and it's going to start showing up sorry this month oh well yeah, yeah you do turn it around pretty quick yeah so small batch for sure uh the september small batch will be all amber again mm-hmm. and then uh uncut i think 90 to 95 will be clear and probably transition somewhere between 96 so talk to me like did you yes, come I'm up here. with this i'll talk to you did you come up with this bottle design? Like, is it? I came up with it. Not only did I baby? come up with it, but so I designed it all uh-huh. for for uh, the vodka, and I I really wanted the. I mean, it's you know podcast here, so people can't see it, but oh, they know, they, they, they know. They, they know about <laughs> okay. the yeah, yeah, so I really wanted that on the front. So this is, as you can see, so this is a Holly bottle, right? Talk about stock glass. So this is a Holly heavy bottom bottles. And what I'm holding here is the. Um, Rare and limited, and that's the bottle that, you know, uh, straight comes in. And from from the bar perspective, I love this bottle, you know, because it doesn't get turned sideways on a back bar because it's not, you know. And so they were like, oh, you need a flat bottle if you want to put anything recessed in the front. It's either got to be on the shoulder up here or it has to be a flat bottle. And I was like, I'm not doing a flat bottle because I know it will happen. It will get turned sideways and no one will see it. I was like, I'm going to do this. Why can't I do this? And they said, oh, well, it's going to be a contact point on the assembly line, you know, especially the, the coin more so than the wax on the, uh, the bourbons. And I was like, well, that's cool. I mean, it's just me doing everything, you know, bottling like four at a time. But uh, I'll engineer it so that it'll work. And so I built it on this 3D computer um, this program called SketchUp. And I, you know, we had already gotten the, the replica of the Morgan trademark at that point. And so I just took those dimensions and on my 3D model, I moved it in and out until, you know, with the bumper above and below the label, there was no way metal was going to hit metal. And I submitted it to them and they submitted it to their engineers and they did engineering drawings. And they're like, this is going to work. Yeah. And, um, and then we did uh, real 3D drawings that made mine look like kindergarten class after that. And then back then, you know, now everything's 3D. Your models are 3D printed. But back then, um, they CNC'd a block of Lucite into my bottle, uh, you know, a, a model of the bottle. Mm. And they shipped that, and that thing just looked like a diamond, you know. It was so cool. And what was crazy was they were like, your bottles are never going to have this detail. Um Unfortunately, this is one of the old U.S. glass ones, but the Italian glass now, it's more detailed than that Lucite model. And so it's really cool. So, yeah, so I, there's still, I've yet to see another bottle that has like a recessed application on a round bottle like this because I had to go and design it. And then all the Desert Sage, I saw like a turn of the century four roses bottle. And it had roses in, all in the glass. I was like, that's really cool. And so I took the Nevada State flower and, and did the same thing. And the reason I wanted to use amber glass was 
that's how bottles were. And all the bottles I found from the late 1800s of high-end stuff looked like that. And um, once again, there was a lot of pushback. People were like, oh, yeah, you can't do amber glass. Everybody wants it in a clear bottle. They want to they wanna see the bourbon. And I was like, okay, sure, but I'm going to do it like that. You know, because <laughs> everything I wanted to do, they're like, you can't do it like that. And I was like, why? They're like, well, because nobody does it like that. You know, from, from doing – I mean, you look at, like – from 2016 to now, I mean, I was, there was nobody doing like vintage blends for proprietary flavor back. There was nobody, and it was like you don't want to do, don't use your old juice for that. I, mean, I shouldn't say no one. High West was doing it, you know, they, but they were doing multi-state, multi-mash bills. They weren't taking the same mash bill and trying to create a, a specific flavor profile. What? You're a damn outlaw. <laughs> well, and, and I like how you. That's done, why we get along. Yeah. You know? I like how you've done the different. Uh, I guess. Medallion colors for yeah, different the, the releases. Wax, yeah, done gold, black, red, blue. Yeah, yeah. The blue was for the, the Desert Jewel. The blue and silver was state colors. Uh, my original, the small batch was the first one. I just love that gold on golden black, you know. And then, so uncut was reversed, mm-hmm. and so it was a gold label with black type, and then a black wax. And I just thought it was so like that black on on the amber was like, oh yeah, this bottle's meaning serious business here. <laughs> Look out. Well, Bob, pass us that red Bye, medallion. All right. So is that what, what do you want to start with? You want to start with single barrel? What do you, what do you want? Are you asking me? Yeah. Uh, let's look at these. You're the director, sir. Oh, let's start with this one. It's a lower proof. All right. So this is the special batch, small batch batch. So this was, uh, oh, man, I'm going to have some of this. God, it smells good. Well, there's a glass right here. Oh, yeah. We got you. No, I knew somewhere. where it was. <laughs> Bob, quit trying to tell him how things go. Hey, I just wanted to make sure he had a clean glass, okay? Thanks, Bob. I appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, sir. Right now, we're just pouring some of the special batch, small batch batch. And this, uh, sorry, these are big pours, guys. You're all big guys, though, so you can handle it. <laughs> well, you got to have some, too, now. Oh, shit. I went to go pour myself some first. I was like, that's rude. What am I doing pouring my own first? And then I forgot. Now, where I come from, when we're talking about whiskey, we're going to say this bitch is dark. Yes. This is, so this is artificially dark. It's like coffee. Because the first four-year barrels that I got in January 2016, I, I there was sixteen. There was yeah, there was sixteen of them, and I put eight in one tank and eight in another tank, and I, um, you know, had a strainer to catch all the char. Mm-hmm. And after the sixteenth barrel, I dropped the strainer into the tank well that that's not artificial that's a mistake that just happened yeah well i mean it's not from being in a barrel it's yeah. not like artificial yeah. coloring or anything and so i was using that for small batch and uncut back when they were only eight and four year and then when i got halfway through the tank it started changing the color of everything and so i pulled more four-year barrels and did a fresh tank and that tank sat there until like march of 2020 mm-hmm. and i was like i'm gonna do uh i was gonna do a special batch small batch batch in just a regular small batch bottle and just write on it. Yeah. But we, it was too late. We had blown up. Like, because I used to do that with like a James Madison barrel, which is the shortest barrel we ever did. Like, just use a Sharpie. You know, I did that with the last uncut blend that I ever personally bottled myself. Um, I numbered and signed all those, and that was, you know, finally hiring people. And, um, and then I started doing the rare and limited, and I was like, well, let's, you know, let's do this as rare and limited. So, the four-year is all that tank, and then the 11, 10, and 12-year, that is another tank I had that all the barrels that I didn't use for picks, I would just 
dump them in that tank. And because uh, you know, I was only doing like maybe the first year I did like maybe one or two batches of uncut, you know. So I wasn't really go because I was only in Las Vegas, which is primarily bars and casinos, and all they wanted was small batch. So I wasn't going through a lot of uncut. So I did this as a special batch, small batch batch, which I like saying a lot. I can tell. And because it's 75 percent it batched, it's batched. <laughs> and because it's 75 percent four year or 76 percent four year, did you write on it? I didn't write it. Somebody else wrote it. I, this was 70. So I was like, okay, well that's more four year than small batch. This should be cheaper. You know, even though it's called rare and limited, it's like. And then batch number one came out, and I was like, and that was crazy. Uh, the irony of batch number one was the rare and limited was never supposed to have like a certain time of year release date. It was just I like come across something fun, and because you got to remember, March 2020 was nothing like we are now, you know. Yeah. And when I would do these things, like for the batch number one, which was 4, 1,500 bottles between three states that would have been tons you know yeah even and that was sort of the irony too when i did the only five year that was back then that was like and when it came out because it took us like a year to get our coal our label approval so when it finally came out everyone's like oh is this all you have left of five year barrels Ugh. i was like no this is like from a year and a half ago and it's just been sitting in a bottle and you know the amount of time it takes to bottle something like that it's like i could have done like you know six pallets of straight or, or you know it's like this is this is just fun but so this one i knew i just knew that it was going to reach it was going to go too crazy and, I, and so i decided to, to give it away yeah so i just been giving it away doing giveaways and the rules so i did this big christmas giveaway you know because like co like a year of covid and people had lost their jobs and everybody was you know had hard times and i was like look i'm gonna give this away by the six pack you can give it to people as presents or share it with your friends yeah but you can't trade it and you can't sell it on secondary and uh somebody sold it on secondary it's always one dumbass. yeah well the unfortunate thing is the guy knew he wasn't supposed to and he set someone up up to set him sell it for him and uh man i i i lost my shit i was so pissed off yeah and so I posted on Instagram about that. Oh, we saw. Yeah. We saw. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you something. If you want to, if you need a litmus test to see what the bourbon uh, community's opinion, tr real true opinion is of the secondary market, that is why I ran out of Amber Glass. That launched the brand into the stratosphere. We got probably five or 6,000 new followers on Instagram in like yeah. two or three days. Uh, everything sold out instantly off the shelves, and we got a record number of new accounts inquiring about the brand. And so I, because we had already kind of, we were already in all the big states uh, when I did that six-month order of Amber Glass. And, and it's just funny because, like, you know, you talk about people's perception where you had this whole group was like, this is it. This is the end of the brand. Hope you had fun, yeah. Smoke Wagon. It's all over. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, guys. I got to be honest with you. I had, you know, because, like, I had a few, like, negative comments and, like, a few mean uh, uh, Instagram direct message requests. But I had more direct message requesting. I don't understand what's going on. What's a private Facebook group? What's a secondary market? You know? And so, like, these people, they, they look at their world and they think that's all there is. And it's like, and I was just telling these guys at the liquor store, I was like, you know, I was being here in Atlanta, going to liquor stores, thanking everybody for all their support. Because, like, 
that's like where the magic happens, you know, where someone gets it and they're excited about it. You know, the only thing I can sort of um, kind of compare it to is like going to the record store before the Internet. You know, it's like you go to the record store and there's a guy who heard something super cool and he tells you about it. And then you buy it and you take it to your friends and you want to be the guy like that's got the cool shit that nobody's ever heard of, you know. And so there's like this huge, amazing, positive community that are sharing things, uh, you know, and it's on social media and or in person. And that's that's like what's that, you know, that's what's happening. That's what is really cool and it's really positive. And so you get all these people that are like, oh, we made you and now we're going to destroy you. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh. I mean, just look at him and say, I'm a damn outlaw. <laughs> I mean, to well, hell with you. I don't, I don't want, I don't want to say, I mean, yeah. I try to stay positive and like, I don't want to like say, Oh, but it's like, it's more like, I'm sorry guys, but your perception of reality is false. You, you deal with a small group of people and you think that's all there is. And there's like all these people that don't even know what a Facebook private group is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that are, you know, you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't call we do some secondary. I wouldn't call it secondary. We do a lot of cost plus shipping groups. Well, yeah, I so, mean, that's a th- that's what like, we like. Even to focus bottle on. trading, you know, it's like, I mean, there's a fundamental difference. Like if you live somewhere and you can't get a product, and somebody else has more and they like trade it, or even like you know, within reason, where like a guy has bought it, maybe he's charging. I mean, technically, it's it's all illegal. Mm-hmm. I can't. I'm not. I can't endorse any of yep. the supplier. Uh, yeah. It's so all, everybody knows this is all not legal. <laughs> it's all you totally illegal. You cannot sell alcohol without yeah. a liquor license. Yeah. So you can have sex with your cousin in Alabama, <laughs> but by God, you can't sell liquor. Yeah. So you need a license to do that, though. <laughs> no. Yeah. All so, right, well. so as a supplier, I have to say, um, yeah, don't sell on the secondary. It's illegal. But as you know. If you're looking at hypotheticals and what's good and what's bad, I mean, if like someone's selling for ten bucks over, I don't know. I mean, like whatever. It's like I, I guess. It, but then, did that guy clear a whole shelf so that he could, even though he, so that he could get his bottle for free, and then everybody in that area couldn't get any? Yeah. So you know, I don't know. It's like when you get to stuff like that, it's sort of like a gray area. But when you get someone that's not even drinking it, and they just buy it to make a bunch of money. And then people ask me, oh, did you see how much that sold for? Isn't that cool? I'm like, no, because there's already so much hype behind the brand. And I'm trying to transition into being real and yeah. a staple. And it's already hard to get, even though we are shipping out a ton in, in every state that we're in. And we're always trying to get more. And so, like, you know, you don't like people like, oh, well, screw that brand. You know, it's like I can't get it. And the only way to get it is like super expensive. And so it, I don't. There's because when you have hype, there's always the blowback, you know, yeah, and always the backlash. So heavy is the crown, yeah. So I, I'm trying to get out of the hype and into the like, hey, you know, we're real, which has happened because you know, the straight yeah. sells, nobody's selling straight on secondary market, nobody's really selling small batch on the secondary now, now, market. Now, they did the American flag straight. <sighs> Was it was it a lot? I mean, I didn't even pay attention. No, it, to that. it wasn't that much. It, it was local. People couldn't get it. And they just, oh yeah, just kind of like horse trading and stuff like that. Yeah, and that's why I did it with the straight because I figure, look, man, it's four and five year. Mm-hmm. It's a thirty dollar bourbon. Like you, that's got the Halloween label now, right? That, there are to. Halloween ones coming yeah. out. You've heard it here first, officially. <laughs> well, or if you or if you follow his uh, Instagram, my personal Facebook. Instagram, yeah, <laughs> it's September first and it's Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they had Halloween stuff out last week. Uh huh. Hey, I mean, you know, I'll be completely honest. I've had some that that were just okay for me. 
some of the, the batches. I mean, just like you said, I'm not going to like everything you do. Just right. like you won't like everything I do. No, I like everything you do, so I'm a better person. <laughs> well, I guess I'm the, I'm the damn outlaw. <laughs> yeah, but why do you make me feel like an ass? I, th- I, I but, think you're uh, perfect. So, some I'm of, just over I'm here. Some of the single barrels I've had. Some of the single barrels, yes. And if it wasn't for secondary, I wouldn't have had them. Yeah. I mean, th- seriously. No, um, and, and I get it, and I understand it, you yeah. know, and... So it's tough, man. This reminds me of that uh, larceny that. So we had a larceny barrel that we right. picked, which was a, a amazing barrel. But but it came in and it had it felt like a couple gallons left in that that barrel. Oh yeah. Well, well we pulled it out. And it looked just like it. It looks just like it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, it's good. It's good. This it's has good. gotten better in the bottle too. Mm-hmm. This is mellowed out. It used to be a little um, a little green, and that was one of the reasons too. I was like, man. Like, batch number one, when I saw it, like, selling for a lot, I was like, yeah, but it's good. I mean, anybody who tries that and says it's not good, they're full of shit. That is, like, universally good. This, I was like, nah, this is, I don't know. And it's supposed to be cheap. And if somebody spends a lot of money, retail or secondary for yeah. this, eh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, you know. But now it's actually, it's kind of settled down. It's, there's. Yeah. It's uh, earthy. It's earthy more than green. Mingle, mingle time. Now. Yeah. That mingle time. Mingle time. Hey, we got a phrase too. We got mingle time, Bob. Do we have to mingle? Yes. Oh Lord, stop resisting. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't try to mingle on my dingle. Okay. No dingle. No, Diane no, did that. No dingle mingling. <laughs> Diane did that already. Stay away from my dingle. My dangler. This is a. I mean, I, this is really good. I've never had this. So yeah. So the only way you can get you that, that is giveaways. You know. Yeah, I didn't good. see no uh, barcode on the back there, so I was yep. wondering. Yeah. I mean, who now, paid the taxes on this? There's shit? a government warning. I on pay it, the taxes. <laughs> there's a government warning. Yeah. Hey, thanks for that. A- anything that anything that transfers out of bond, you got to pay the taxes. That's good though. That's really good. Thank it's, you. A lot of brown sugar, cinnamon. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. It's. And like you said, the the air, I think it's done a lot of good. Because I can just tell it's changed just a little bit sitting in my glass. Because we got these big wide brim glasses, they're getting a lot of air on them. Yeah, we're all, we're drinking bourbon out of, these, out of giant um, martini glasses that are super huge. You can't see it because we don't have video, but it's pretty fun. Yeah, that's what happens sometimes. Daniel, you got like two cases of Glens in the back of your truck, don't you? Okay, those are fat bottom girls. What are you here for? <laughs> He put he put on at least he put on a collared shirt. He did. Well, I had a collared shirt on. Hmm. All right. So what is uh? So what's this next one you got? Uh, this is a single barrel from my favorite era of fifth floor warehouse C barrels. So these actually I had pulled them for blending. I had not planned on doing this. Is an eight year. When I started doing these, there were seven. I had not planned on doing any seven-year barrel picks. I thought kind of eight was going to be the youngest I was going to do. And I tried one, and I just said, holy shit, this is insane. And they had like an eight- or nine-month window. Um, there were still eight years when it all ended. Uh, so it was, like, it was like seven, maybe it was a little longer, because I think they are only like seven and a half months. I mean, sorry, seven years and six months. And uh, until about eight years, so maybe it was a little over a year, until about a year, eight year and eight months. And then it was over. 
God, there's I love them all. So is that what we're gonna be picking from? Seven year barrels? I don't well I do have seven year barrels again. Mm-hmm. Man, I'll tell you, you want to get depressed about time going by. Yeah. Getting bourbon. <laughs> it's like you look at stuff, you're like, that stuff's going to be seven already? You know, you look at your yeah. inventory, you're like, how is these things going to be seven? How is that? How did that eight turn to nine? I don't even know. Yeah. Like, how did that time go by? Well, time, you know? time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. Well, the worst is when you're looking at stuff and you're like, okay, I need this to turn four years in a day mm-hmm. already. And you're just like, okay, you we know. Get- let, let Aaron have a chance to drink. That was really good, 98.7 proof, though. Holy cow. I mean, from sub-100 proof. What? Whoa, wait. All right. I mean, you shoot that later. I, I have a bunch of that. <laughs> oh, you do? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've got some of our blends. We can trade. <laughs> yeah, I could have brought a Penelope. I, I I have a Penelope. Technically, do I couldn't you? trade with you. I yeah, could you just, have mine. I could just give you a bottle for promotional use. Well, that works. Um, federal government allows me to give anyone anything. <laughs> Apparently my my distributor wants a bottle, but we're not going to give him any. I mean, I mean, who's who's going to who's going to push your brand more? Some some distributor, yeah, or some guy that talks a bunch of bullshit I, on a podcast. You, you guys have already come up with mingle time. He doesn't have any catchphrase. Well, well, also had skin it, skin it. Oh time. yeah, that that was a great one. I forgot. How could I forget that gem? I mean, when I mean, so, so unique. Dan- Daniel's acorn is aroused over there because that's his favorite movie. That, that should be in a movie. What you're saying there. <laughs> oh wow, the nose on this one. The now I get a little citrus. Citrus. What kind of citrus? There's a bunch of citrus, Bob. I just get a little, like a, like a little hint in the background of citrus. So, so you are the um, bastardized citrus flavor of Gatorade. Yeah, is maybe. that what you're saying? Maybe. Yeah. Instead of being orange or lemon or lime or something like that, you're just gonna say citrus. I just get a little like little hey, bright citrus. On there's the back. a lot of people that just say citrus. I know, but, I, but Bob. they're not Bob. <laughs> I can make fun of Bob. That's in my contract. My contract. You have specific- a contract? Look, let me, yeah. let me tell you Nobody something. Nobody gave me one of those. If you ever, if you ever see my, I mean, it's like all I can do is tell you if it's gonna, if it's sweet and spicy. You know, it's like I'm my my ability to pick out flavors is somewhat limited. As long as it doesn't smell like, because I, I get a little cherry too. But when I start smelling cherry, I get worried because typically I roll right into Robitussin when I start smelling cherry. Mm. Cherry cola. No, no, no. It's different. Oh, it's that's different. like it's <laughs> funny. Um, I had these batches that had spearmint on them, and I was like, "Oh man, that spearmint's awesome. That's really cool." And then someone said, "Oh, it's like the spearmint, like um, of you know when you lick a stamp." And I was like, "You've just ruined everything." <laughs> Ruined it. <laughs> so we had um, about an eight show run where Bob compared everything I did to not, cherry cola. I did not have an eight show he run. He is very limited in his tasty notes as well. I'm going to tell you that Hulin Station had some strong, and, and I've had several people come to me and say it's Hulin yep. Station. Hulin. Get it first, get it right. Hulin Station. Are Andy you going to call this a Smeoke Wagon? Too? I mean, I mean, if you're gonna There's no sh- e in there at the end. This is, the end. This is, I mean, uh, this is the French version. This is okay. woke sagging. It's a uh, Chinese ripoff. This be smoke gay, smoke gay wagon. Smoke gay wagon. Put the little little apostrophe uh-huh. above the e. Yeah. You're a damn genius. <laughs> I just like the nose on this. Too. What have I said more than once? That you're a damn embarrassment, Bob. I wouldn't be the first time. Oh. you know. 
and we we talked about smoke earlier, and I tell you, I get I typically get smoke on mid to back on the uncut unfiltered. Right. Talk about Copenhagen. But um, damn, he just made me look. Like- <laughs> <laughs> you you were talking about smoke on you, the back. Do you think people get smoke a lot because of the name? Do you think that put triggers something in their brain to think it's going to be smoky? Um, I do, uh, and and that's the thing, you know, because like traditionally bourbon, you don't you scotch is smoky. Yeah. You know, because you're you're killing, you know, you're you're stopping the seed from germinating by killing with heat, and you're doing that with a peat fire, and you're impregnating the barley husk with smoke, and that's where it gets its smoky mm-hmm. flavor. Bourbon, you know, gets that flavor from the oak, you know, from the char, and so usually, so yeah, people are like I love I love peaty bourbons. I'm like, um, okay, that's cool. I Weird. I think maybe we need to have a little talk. I mean, I don't really experience now, that as much anymore. Like, now, Pete's different to me, though. It, yeah. it it hits different. I mean, oh yeah, I typically just shy away from it. Yes, I mean, I, I do too. But you know, so I don't, I don't really do it anymore. But I used to do like tastings. Mm-hmm. All, I mean, the whole thing was, uh, I mean, every weekend I was doing a taste. Like when we were starting, I was out. I was yeah. doing tastings. I was going to bars. I was out doing whoring, events. Out, out whoring the brand. I was out whoring the brand for sure. And I was like, I'm too good for nothing. I mean, I will do anything. Yeah. I would like go to bars and <laughs> I would go, to, uh, yeah, I would go to bars and like walk up to tables and ask people if they want to try it, you know? That's what I do it's too. Like, it's like, fuck it. Hey, y'all and, hear green uh, at the bar? You want to try some more? <laughs> <laughs> Doing it at the bar is easier than walking up to tables, man. It was, it was hard. But, um, you know, we just had to do it. And it was cool because I felt like I was in, in control of mm-hmm. the success of the brand. Because the more I was out there, the more... I mean, I would... Especially doing a tasting at a liquor store, yeah. I would sell their entire inventory in, like, two and a half hours. Yeah. Like, 12, 14 cases. Just standing there. And, like, especially in Las Vegas, you know, all the other tables had, like, super hot models in there. And there was, like, me. And they <laughs> well, were all, you have you, a feather in your hat <laughs> at the time. <laughs> I, um, I had this hat band at the time. I don't think I had the feathered hat bands yet. I, that was, that well, was I got in trouble by a marketing firm when I said that, you know, I'm not the type that's going to sell your whiskey. She needs to be good looking. <laughs> I got in trouble. They made me edit that out of the podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. They would not let me release it. I started to tell them to go pound sand, but Bob wouldn't let me. Well. Who cares? Jim I, Beam, I don't care. Who I, I did it, so I, I, I think you'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, but, like, all the models would be, like, kind of mad-dogging me because they're, like, hot and there's just me. Like, you know, and everybody was... You have good taste in stuff, though. Well, and it's, I was the owner, and so I could talk about it. You know, a lot of those... Sometimes the models don't really know what they're doing. Um, and, yeah, it was cool. I loved it. And it, and that was, like, because were, those were hard times. I mean, it took a long time, and there was, <laughs> there was like, stress between, uh, you know, me and my business partner, and he's like, you know, because everything was taking a while. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of money in, in inventory and things like that. And I was like, man, I just, everybody loves it. You know, I do these tastings and people are freaking out. And, uh, but yeah, that was like when I would come in contact with people who didn't really know about bourbon yeah. and, and try to. I know. can, I can remember back before your distribution got big that people were like, hey, I'm going up to Las Vegas. Can we swing about smoke wagon? You know, that just never happened. <laughs> Quote unquote. This is based on, let's say that uh, inspired by actual events. <laughs> Hey, I'm running by the distillery who wants to bottle the smoke wagon. And I can remember getting my first bottle of it saying, holy crap. I don't know what's happening out there, but it's pretty good. Thank, yeah. I mean, I remember I got a phone call from the manager of um, the, the Las Vegas Strip Total Wine. He said, what are you doing? 
So I don't, right now, like I'm bottling some bourbon. What do you mean? He's like, no, what are you doing with the brand? And I was like, I don't know why. He's like, he said, people are flying in here and they're buying everything. Like all of it. And I was like, I don't know what's going on, you know? And uh, because like um, the the buyer for Total Wine was totally uh, behind the brand when he was there before he left to go to another um, chain. And like, you know, back then I'd do like 12 barrels with him. And I was like, this is amazing. I can't believe we did 12 barrels. This is so huge, you know. And yeah. now, and uh, and I, and just like when we did Desert Jewel, he bought 350 cases. It took like three years for them to sell all that, you know. It wasn't until the end where like when people. It blew up. Yeah. And uh, so it was crazy. It was, I was like, I don't know what's going on. But yeah, people were like coming out and like everybody wanted everything. And still, it wasn't until like three or four months ago that it finally caught up in Las Vegas. You know, I remember um, I posted a picture of a liquor store and they had like a display, like a pallet display of uncut, unfiltered and all like people like liquor store owners in other states were like, I can't like even get two cases. How how is this happening? I'm like, dude, just it hasn't happened locally, you know, especially with uncut because like we're you know it's las vegas is so casino and bar focused that it's all the stuff that moves through bars it's like mm-hmm. and now finally like the liquor stores are starting to happen and things like that so now you're ready to start putting some single barrels in georgia right no <laughs> no <laughs> Aaron, that's, not what, that's not what hurt we heard i can't do it you know you keep saying no but i keep hearing yes <laughs> uh, well, let's talk. Let's talk once we move into the new space. All right, free ambassadors. Have, have an automa- offering free ambassadors <laughs> in Georgia. Have have an automated. Uh, yeah, it'll be great. You'll be like, hey, you want some smoke wagon? They'll say yes, and you'll be like, yeah, it's allocated. You can't have any. Too Wait, bad. so <laughs> what you're saying is not no. You're saying is I just got to get moved into my new warehouse. I'm first. saying we'll talk about it again when I move into the new warehouse. What new new space? Uh huh. Which will be? Which will be? I heard yes too. Hopefully the new year. All right. So 2022. You think your heart and last that? Yeah, then we'll up? open the list. <laughs> then we'll open the list up again. That was at like 180 when I stopped it in May of 2020. Hey, all I know is I've never been to Vegas. You're going to take me and show me a good time, and we're oh, going to yeah, pick a barrel. Have a great time. We're going to pick a barrel. Well, the first part. <laughs> He'll end up like a hangover. <laughs> wake, wake up in the middle of. The- <laughs> I might wake up in the middle of the desert. <laughs> What's the Chinese guy's name? We have our own version right here. Peter. Yeah, he'll ask me for a barrel while he's out there. I'm like, let's just. <laughs> he asked me for a barrel while we're out there. I'm like, let's just take a little drive. <laughs> hey, over there, you can find a lot of wild burrows. And why don't you hop on out of the truck? Uh, no, <laughs> no, nope. I'll be back later. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta get a ride to the art district. <laughs> That's where we'll be. I've never again. I, I don't know. If, James, have you ever been to an art district? Yeah, I actually I'm, I go to a, a place called the Distillery of Modern Art. Is it in the art district? Uh, no, it's in Tucker, but uh, <laughs> they got art on the walls. <laughs> the they, they literally put their column st- column up through the ceiling. You can see it from around all around the building. Oh, really? Yeah, it's pretty cool. cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They're they're almost. They should be. Hopefully, they're going to be distilling liquid by October. Oh, cool. But no, I'm looking forward to coming out there and getting a single barrel smoke wagon 
Come January, February. See, if you had a video, people could really see the expression on my face right now. He's smiling and nodding his head, yes. He's like, when you look over at your wife and you say, honey, you want some? And she goes, wait, never mind. You never had that happen, Bob. <laughs> she does it every night, baby. <laughs> Bob, I'm here for you, buddy. <laughs> see, thank you. I don't. I know. I know. I Maybe know. Bob's got secrets that you guys don't know about. He, now he's going to say, I got a third, I got a third leg. I got a third leg. If you had a third leg, you, your pants would be seven sizes bigger than they are, okay? Maybe, maybe he's got special moves. He's got some things going what? on. I don't know. I don't want to know. No, I'm just putting, saying. Hey, hey, you put a quarter in his slot, he starts vibrating like one of the hotel beds. I can promise you he doesn't have any special moves. He, he, gets out of, he runs out of breath. Of yeah, you want to watch him pass out? Well, maybe maybe that's that because he's got nothing left after the night. You know, you don't know what happened the night before. You are so awesome. <laughs> so great hey, to be associated with. Can you hear him jiggling? I told you, you can hear it. Oh. Oh. Hey, bend down and look down like you're looking at something. Hear so, him uh, Yeah. First trip to Vegas could be, what, February? February. Sure. Yeah, February would probably be good. Yeah. Is it co- so I got a cold kid to do in February? February. Uh, usually by February, it's not too bad. Like he's going to December and January, it can, like, you can get nights where it's below freezing. But it's cold up in the mountains in February. You're acting I mean, surprised I love it. you didn't know this? I've never been there. You're I, a dumbass. No, I've just never been there. This like, is called geography. No, I understand places get cold in the winter. Not everywhere. Yeah, in the wintertime, yeah. it gets real cold at night. Yeah. How hot does it get during the day? In the winter? Not too bad. Like 40s. No, no, the sun is like, it'll warm you up. Don't worry. It's not like I, I feel like 40, you're approaching this. Georgia 40. I feel, I feel like you're approaching this all wrong. You're already focusing on the negative. <laughs> you're supposed to be focusing on getting a single barrel. <laughs> no, no, no. I said we're talking about going to Vegas in February. I, uh, do you, do you have, it sounds like it's better than going to Vegas in like September. No, September September is okay. Sometimes. <coughs> you were there what July? July is the hottest. August it was hot. Yeah. Hottest day was 109. That's not too bad. That's not. Yeah, wasn't bad. How did you not lose weight while you were out there? Because he was at the buffet. He went to he went to three buffets. Okay, y'all have uh, there's actually a restaurant if I go to Vegas that I have to go to. Okay. Oh God! It's no. that important. <laughs> it is that important. I have to look He's it up. No, there, it. there is a restaurant. Hey, but why? Why dumbass is looking on his phone? I, I'm looking up. If what? you need anything in Georgia, you let us know, and we'll help you out. You probably don't need our help though. It's fine off the shelf by itself. Right. <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't talk like anybody else I've met from Nevada. Everybody from Nevada is like changing one thousand or you know. Oh. Uh, over twenty one. You mean like the dealers? <laughs> <laughs> You're old school, Nevada. Right? <laughs> They're ruthless out there. <laughs> That's the strip for casinos. Well, I guess it wasn't that important. No, it was. Uh, I gotta look. Oh your yeah, other phone? this is wonderful. Hold on, this is no, great. This is great content. You know, <laughs> for a podcast to work, people have to be talking. No, I'm not. I don't know if you knew out. that. How this works? I am not going to edit this out. <laughs> All right, District One Kitchen and Bar. I've never heard of that. So it apparently can't be that good if the local hasn't heard of it. No, no, it doesn't mean anything. I haven't been out in a while. After I've been too so busy. busy bottling whiskey. Yeah. District One Kitchen and Bar. Peddling the whiskey. Apparently they have a, a lobster pho that it's. A what? Lobster pho. Lo- pho, what, pho who? Pho. Really pho. good Vietnamese Fuck soup. Fuck you. <laughs> oh. They have a lobster pho. P-H-O. Out of this world. Okay, the P-H-O, not the F-U. We'll take you there. Don't worry. No, now you're never going to go. No lobster for you. 
So you just look through the window. Maybe we got to show him our pretty girls to get game talked into a sanctuary. <laughs> oh, hey, uh, what? Uh, I guess there's a bunch of wildfires going on in uh, California. But there one just south of like Lake Tahoe or something. It's still on the California side. But, but it, yeah, it's creeping over. Way oh, yeah. to show off those geography <laughs> skills. <laughs> yes. No, no, he no, no. He's he's close. Lake Tahoe's uh, half of it's Nevada, half of it's yeah. California. Well, hey, I heard y'all have a desert out there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got a, we got a couple. <laughs> Hey, Indiana, Kentucky, they're right across the river. I mean, they are. <laughs> hey, you right got to go past Butt Drugs to get there. <laughs> you seen Butt Drugs? No. As soon as you cross the river, going to uh, like when we go to Starlight, it says Butt Drugs. Oh, I've seen uh, like a video. There's a TikTok. Yeah. Of commercial. I go to Butt Drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I know. Hey. Aaron likes the TikTok as much. Now, you know James will get started on TikToks, and he won't stop for like eight I, uh, I have not delved into TikTok yet. I downloaded it, and I was just like, I can't do this. Do you have any spare time? No. Then don't get on TikTok. Yeah. You know, all, all my spare time goes to the Instagram. Like. Most times, I'm washing my balls in the shower and watching TikTok at the same time. I'm Softball training videos. Okay. <laughs> Well, it's he not juggled. sexual. He it's juggles a, it, in between washing his balls. It's just a hygiene. I mean, I got to wash my balls, and I also got to learn how to train softball players. <laughs> I mean, I see some good stuff on there. I mean, yeah, shit, boys. Okay. <sighs> All right. <laughs> he, when, when he leaves here, he's going to like, Jay, what the fuck did you do to me? <laughs> well, I don't worry. He does, <laughs> he does edit. You aren't going to have as much fun with anybody else than us, I promise. If it... If we'd been, had been able to do it at night, it would have been wild. Well, all you got to do is go to the $3 cafe tonight. It's not. That's not it either, Bob. Three. Silver dollar? No. Three dollar? No. I don't know. Local three. Whatever. Local three. God almighty dang. I don't even all know right. where that is. Well, Bob. No, I'm going to ask Aaron. Where, Aaron, where I, can we find you? I'm right here across the table from you guys. <laughs> nice. And his <laughs> lack of geography <laughs> wouldn't understand that. Do you, do you, do you mean... Uh, on the social medias? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Smoke Wagon Bourbon on Instagram, I would say, is your best bet. Or you can check out Silver Dollar Vodka. For some reason, I separated the two, and now I have two Instagrams that I have to manage, so that's cool. You don't have a social media guru? No. Are you on the Facebooks? Yeah, but it's Nevada Distilling, I think. I don't know. The Facebook is it's just shared Instagram. Oh, okay. Do people really use Facebook that much? We do. Oh. That's our main platform. Oh, we're, yeah. We're old. Yeah, we're on Facebook. Facebook is totally cool. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's a great platform. That, uh, um, <laughs> no, we uh, we got a pretty big Facebook group. And, um, you know, Instagram, James tries to keep up with Instagram, but it's. We're able to be more like active and more interactive with uh, Facebook, with, Facebook, with it, pictures. Instagram, um, if you have a business page, you know, it gives you insights. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of like how I figured it out. You know, it's like if I do a picture of a bottle, it would get a lot of likes, but there would be no real interaction. But when I was doing the videos, talking about blending or something, mm -hmm. it wouldn't get a lot of likes, but it would get tons of saves and yeah. shares. And then a lot of people that weren't following the page would see those versus the bottle yeah. picture is just like, you know, nobody who wasn't following the page saw it. I mean, we're, we're kind of able to keep the trash out right. on the face. I mean, we're a little different, you know, and what we, we, we limit who joins us. You don't oh, want to limit no, anybody. It's just yeah. the page you like. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We limit, we limit people, um, to try to keep it because of the flippers and right. scammers 
every so often they'll get in. And, and to be honest, there have actually been times where <coughs> someone that we don't know is in the group. Right. We don't know everybody. But we start seeing them on secondary pages flipping yeah. recent releases of store picks. Right. And we're like, you know what? You're, you're obviously not drinking them because we know it was limit right. one. Yeah. And, and you've got like five yeah. for sale. You're gone. Yeah. You're just, you're not the kind of person that. And you know, we, we keep want their group. pictures. And when we release stuff at Daniel's store, they don't get it. My they favorite is when it. I'm talking about something I'm blending that's going to come out in the future. Mm-hmm. And someone's DM me. I've got some bottles. I'm like, oh, you've got some bottles of this. It's not even out. That's cool. How'd you do that? Like, you're, yeah. you know, working miracles over there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the, the social media is a uh, fantastic beast. Oh, yeah. I to mean. To say the least. It's my sole source of advertising mm-hmm. or anything. I mean, so much of the success of the brand is because of the social media. Yeah. Yeah. So are, are you glad, I, I meant to ask this, are, are you glad the guy flipped one of those bottles? No. No? No, I think we would have. Even though you I, did I, benefit from it? I think we would have gotten there yeah, pretty, pretty probably, fast, the way probably. things were going. We had already heard about you over here. Yeah. You weren't here yet, but I we'd mean, already. Th- things had already, were, the, the freight train was moving, you know, so it might have just taken another couple months. I mean. You're probably right. I mean, we had started right before that. Right. getting some and and he had already had some and then i was getting some and and trying some and yeah. people sending out samples i, I mean because when that guy did that like i was like legitimately hurt yeah it was like you know here i am doing this stuff like it was fun like yeah. you know hey helping people out and and then someone took advantage of it and yeah like, i don't man. like to i don't like to see any of our picks yeah. flipped i don't like it yeah and, and even the guy that he, he set up was like when he found out the story about how there were these holiday giveaways to help people who, you know, might have been suffering from COVID or mm-hmm. things like that, and he was like, "This is the worst thing I've ever done." Yeah, I was like, "Dude, it's not your fault. The guy set you up, man. You, you should have never." That's why he don't do. <laughs> I was like, first of all, don't do secondary. It's illegal. And second of all, really <laughs> don't do proxy secondary. Mm-hmm. You know, don't yeah. sell something. After that, a lot of people stopped proxies. Yeah, couldn't proxy anymore. If you found out, you're gone. And chastised and probably kicked out of all the other ones. Right. And dang sure not do it with something that was given to you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the That's thing. That's just the ultimate slap in the face. And, and the thing was, you know, the whole reason I said I was going to do that to the bourbon group was because I wanted them to police themselves. It wasn't like I, you know, and those guys, they did police it. They, they told me after the fact, you know, they sent me, like, messages saying, Aaron's going to lose his shit when he sees this. He's like, ban that guy, get that down. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's why people are like, oh, you reported that. I was like, oh, I didn't because they actually did what I wanted a group to do. Is like if you yeah. see a banned bottle, you know, like prevent it from happening, and yeah. they did. So, Good. Well, Baba Laba Ding Dong, where can they find us? The best place to get us is actually uh, on the Instagram, bsandbourbon.atl, because that's where our link tree we is. We just literally said Facebook. But, but the link tree... <laughs> will get you directly to the Facebook group <laughs> and to all of our streaming platforms for the podcast. Oh, really? Uh-huh. We don't have a link tree on the Facebook. Facebook, I don't know, Facebook and link tree don't no, get along. No, I can do it. Yeah, I can do it. Yes, but it's it, it's not as in front of your face as it is like they on Instagram. They don't care, just us. It's, it's not. You're wrong. Yeah, but it, you have to go to the page. It's it's different. Instead of the part Sorry. where it says Bob's a dickhead, I, it can be link tree. Yeah, you're wrong. You haven't but seen anyway. that part? Bob, I just want you to know. Huh. If you're ever feeling down, or you need some help, and you're just sad, gravity because of, because you've down. been, just reach out. I'm here for you. You didn't. I gave you a card. You didn't give me a business card. I don't have any. That's why. He's a damn outlaw. That's why. <laughs> Suck it, Bob. <laughs>